What is this? This is show business. Who's ready to entertain? If you were going to a new doctor and that doctor had written a book 10 years ago called How to Fool Everyone into Thinking You're a Doctor, you'd want to know about it, right? Does a bear crap in the woods? Yesterday, a 71-year-old woman in Oregon named Nancy Brophy went on trial for allegedly murdering her husband four years ago. And guess what? In 2011, she wrote an essay called How to Murder Your Husband. I hate to cast dispersions, but it's looking a little suspicious because she also wrote a romance novel called The Wrong Husband. But the judge says he that you can't use those facts. He ruled those facts cannot be entered into evidence, so the jury won't know about it. They're not, not going to know that she wrote a book called How to Murder Your Husband. We first heard about Nancy's arrest back in 2018, but at that time there were not many details other than that her husband had been shot and killed at work and there were no witnesses. Sounds like something straight out of a crime novel. Nancy wasn't a successful writer, and if she did it, she wasn't a successful murderer either because a lot of the things are pointing to her like a life insurance policy, an order for a ghost gun that you assemble yourself, an order for a replacement gun barrel, and surveillance footage placing her nearby. It's like I'm already watching the 2020 special. The defense claims the gun stuff was her researching material for a book and everything else is circumstantial. Right. Well, good luck with that. It is Scotch bringing you another Jack FM morning show. And you know what? I'm not even really trying that hard. I'm just an entertainer. And you are a talented broadcaster. Talent is talent. I'm half-assing it just like the rest of the station. So the let, here's a spoiler alert. I'm going to be talking about spoiler alerts in this next break. The collective freakout over TV spoilers, I think, has really been, what, coming to a head over the past few years. It's really begun to crescendo. So how much are you allowed to say about a show or an episode before you cross the line? I think it's hard being in uh, in, in media because it's, it's kind of my job to talk about movies, TV, things like that. But you always have to preface it with, okay, spoiler alert. Like you read a movie review and they will put spoilers ahead. Most people say that it is a spoiler to say that a character dies in the end, which isn't surprising, right? About half say it's a spoiler if you generally say that there is a happy ending to the show or that the ending was bad. Most people don't want to know how things end. So if you if you come out and say, oh, yeah, well, the lead character dies at the end, that's a spoiler. That's ruining it for people, right? But if you just say that something sad happens in a particular episode... 45% of people consider that a spoiler. And, and about that many also say that you s- shouldn't say an episode is the most devastating one in a series. So I'm, I'm conflicted. I get it, because if somebody's watching a series and you tell them, oh, this, that, that's, a, that's a rough one, then they know that something bad's coming up. But from there, it seems like people get overly sensitive. 40% say that it is a spoiler to mention that something big happens in an episode. 32% don't think you should say that there is a big twist at some point in the series. And 16% don't want to know ahead of time if an episode is good or bad. How hypersensitive is that? 5% of hypersensitive people will freak out if you simply mention that a show is good. (laughs) Hey, you should watch that show. It's really good. Hey, I was going to watch that. Ah! You ruined it for me. I can't watch it now that I know it's good. Don't you do it. Also, I think there there should be a time limitation on on how long it is before you can talk about a show. Because if if I've watched a show and it's been on TV for for at least a year... You know what I mean? Because Hulu and Netflix will will put a whole series up at one time. If you don't muster your way through that series in a reasonable amount of time, too bad. I'm going to talk about it. (laughs) 
whatever. People are too sensitive. Listen to the mock radio. Listen to the mock radio. Listen to the mock radio. It's sort of like digging around in your couch cushions and coming across an old McDonald's French fry. On one hand, you're a little. <laughs> on one hand, you're pleasantly surprised, but you're not going to eat it. It's got so many preservatives, you probably still could. Imagine digging in the couch for your remote and finding this instead. A guy near San Diego checked under his couch cushions the other day and found a seven-foot snake just hanging out in there. He called a snake removal service to deal with it, and it was still in the couch when they got there. Apparently, it was a rat snake, which is native to Vietnam, so apparently it was somebody's pet that got loose, and luckily, they're not venomous. This guy calls me. He's pretty frantic. He's like, there's a snake in my couch. I literally lift the cushion, and there this giant seven-foot Vietnamese blue beauty rat snake is just coiled up right behind the cushion. You would be more lucky to find a Rolex sitting on the ground than you would a snake like this. As you can hear, the snake handler was excited about it because he's, he's used to dealing with boring old rattlesnakes. This snake had a mild respiratory infection from being out in the cold. Last we heard, the owner had not come forward yet, but the guy who found it in the couch cushion had this to say. <laughs> Which is understandable, and yet is nowhere near as smooth as anything on today's list of the top five really clever things that the guy who found a seven-foot snake in his sofa should have said. Here we go. Number five. Well, this bites... Number four, this is the last time I buy furniture from Petco. Number three, I see I'm not the only one who's rattled. Number two, <laughs> do you belong to the Wu Fang clan? And the number one really clever thing the guy who found a seven-foot snake in his sofa should have said, hey, why am I suddenly reminded of Ron Jeremy? One big snake. Who wants to put on a show? Sounds like fun. I've never actually done a real radio show before. Just goofed around. Goofed around. Feeling pretty good about it, too. It is Scotch with your Jack FM morning show. Don't you shame us. Don't you bunch of songs in a row shame us. Your talent is a sad waste of talent. We're trying to be positive. So we've heard enough news about illnesses over the past couple of years. Let's focus on people who are feeling healthy. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I just found this annual report where they rank the biggest cities in the U.S. from the healthiest to the least healthy. So the healthiest and unhealthiest cities in the U.S., we're just going to talk about the ones we know here. Topping the list is San Francisco, Seattle, San Diego. But what we really want to know is uh, where do we rank? You'll be happy to know that Minneapolis comes in at number 10, but Fargo is way, way down the list at number 72, unfortunately. Are you kidding me? Bismarck is at 75. Uh, Sioux Falls doing a little better than us at 66, and then Rapid, Rapid City, South Dakota, way down there at 109. So we're not uh, the healthiest. We could be doing worse. The least healthy are Brownsville, Texas, Gulfport, Mississippi, Laredo, Texas, Memphis, Tennessee, and Jackson, Mississippi. All those places down south. And really, that's what it's all about, right? Knowing that you're doing better than somebody else. <laughs> Remember as a kid how you could bounce off stuff like a crash dummy and be fine? Now it feels like I hurt myself just getting out of bed. A new study found the average child suffers 104 minor injuries a year. Things like bruises, skin, knees, that sort of thing. That's two injuries a week. Kids between three and five suffer the most injuries. The most common is tripping while running. Me, I threw out my shoulder pulling on a shirt this morning. That's atrophy, buddy. Which is why I got to get my fat, lazy ass to a gym. Let's go. This show's unairable. We've got no things to do and no people to see. How you doing? It is Scotch with your Jack FM morning show on a glorious Tuesday morning. Rise and shine. 
All right, a little on the wet side, not that glorious. But what are you going to do? Here we go. It's time for some random facts. Random facts you didn't even know you needed to hear for a Tuesday. Write them down, put them in your shoes, stick them in your front pocket, take it to work with you, and when the time comes, whip them out and impress. Say, hey, here's a random fact for you. Kellogg's admits that every color of Fruit Loops is the same flavor. Oh my God. Is this groundbreaking? Every color of Fruit Loops is the same flavor, and that flavor is called fruit. Now, before you go getting all high and mighty and saying, that's not real fruit in there. It's uh, fruit spelled F-R-O-O-T. Fruit. As in Fruit Loops. The average house cat. <laughs> the average house cat, warthog, and grizzly bear are all faster than the fastest human sprinters of all time. So if you're thinking you're going to outrun a, a warthog, think again. Same goes for a grizzly bear. Dr. Seuss released an adult book in 1939 called The Seven Lady Godivas, The True Facts Concerning History's Barest Family. Featured a bunch of drawings of naked women and sold 2,500 copies. Would you like it with no clothes? Would you like it with a hose? Yes, I would, Sam, I am. Ohio is the only state to have an official rock song. Are you ready for this? Sloopy, which became a major hit for the band The McCoys in 1965. That's a good one. That's cool for a state to have an official rock song. I wish North Dakota had one. What would it be if North Dakota had an official state rock song? Something by the Flat Duo Jets? (laughs) Don't be flat. You know, because North Dakota's very flat. Canada has more lakes than any other country in the world. There are so many, in fact, that there's not even an estimate on how many there may be. Wow. We do know that Canada has more than 879,000 lakes that cover at least 25 acres. More lakes than any other country in the world. Way to go, Canada. We know what Canada's official rock song is. Oh, beauty, go by Bob and Doug McKenzie featuring Getty Lee. That's a good one. There you go. There's your random facts you didn't even know you needed to hear for a Tuesday on 1019 Jack FM. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Isn't that dumb? A 54-year-old man named Gregory Sorensen was pulled over and arrested for DUI in Florida late Friday night, and he was driving a very interesting vehicle. It was a student driver car. Had the decals on it and everything. And the guy was apparently a driving instructor. He was alone in the car at the time of the arrest. Well, not totally alone. It was him in an open pack of natural light in the backseat. <laughs> Good beer. <laughs> he failed a sobriety, a field sobriety test, and his blood alcohol content was nearly three times the legal limit in Florida. It's unclear what this arrest might mean for his future as a driving instructor. Well, good luck with that. I'm guessing it doesn't bode well for him. Hard to believe this isn't an April Fool's Day joke. A city in Manitoba, Canada called Brandon. Brandon, Manitoba. Last Thursday, March 31st, there was an attempted robbery at a store. A 27-year-old male suspect was in the process of stealing something when an employee uh, confronted him. And that's when the thief assaulted the employee with a 
Mr. Solid Chocolate Bunny. I'm guessing Mr. Solid is the brand name. Mr. Solid Chocolate Bunny and then ran out with the stolen merchandise. I don't, it's unclear if he stole the chocolate bunny as well. So get this, he used the chocolate bunny as a weapon and an assault. The thief apparently whacked the employee pretty hard because the person sustained minor injuries. And as far as I can tell from this report, it sounds like he's okay. The cops were called, they caught the thief and the store got their stolen merchandise back. The police also made sure to clarify in the report that this was not an April Fool's Day joke. They said while the weapon of choice may have been atypical, it does not change the fact that the retail employees face a daily challenge when dealing with theft. Suspects who steal can often be unpredictable and violent and may use whatever weapon is available at the time. <laughs> Even a chocolate bunny. There you go. There's your stupid criminals in the news on 101.9 Jack FM. You're not very bright, are you? No, I'm not. I would like to be, but I'm not.